the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of Sideline Sanity with me, Michelle Tafoya, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There has never been a better time to invest in precious metals, so go to LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. We thank them for their unwavering support. Today, I want to talk about something that some people are uncomfortable talking about, and that is immigration. And I don't know why we're uncomfortable. We're a country of immigrants. My parents are both immigrants. Uh, my daughter is technically an immigrant. We adopted her from Bogota, Colombia, and she is here now as an American citizen. We all came from somewhere. But there's a difference between immigration and illegal immigration. And right now, what's happening at the southern border is not just illegal immigration. It is an unsustainable pattern of people just walking into this country, and we don't have the necessary personnel to, to handle it. And so over 2 million people have walked into this country in fiscal year 2022, which just ended. I think it's like 2.75 million. I have the number here. And in El Paso, where they've just declared a state of emergency, about 2,000 people a day are crossing into El Paso, Texas. Why are we okay with this? We're going to discuss that next. For nearly three decades, she's reported the action from the sidelines. She started very young. She's covered the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and the college football and basketball national championships. And now, during these insane times in our world, Michelle Tafoya thinks we need a serious dose of sanity. This is Sideline Sanity with your host, one of the sanest people on planet Earth, Michelle Tafoya. So there seems to be an uptick in the coverage of the illegal immigration at the southern border. But it's taken a long time. As I mentioned in a moment ago, 2.75, 2.76 million illegal immigrant crossings have been recorded in fiscal year 2022, which just recently ended. I, almost 3 million people. And that does not include the gotaways. And who are the gotaways? You can have a big heart. You can be compassionate. You can want people to come to this country and all of those things are fine. But there should be a process and it shouldn't look like what it looks like now. And let's be clear about this and let's be honest about this. That this tide began rolling in when Joe Biden stepped into the Oval Office. Yes, it did. And no matter how much you disagreed with the former president, Trump, there was an active reduction 
in illegal immigrations during his administration. It is completely out of control now. And why is this a bad thing? Well, because we're not designed to just have this massive influx of people when we don't have the tax money to support their medical needs, their educational needs. We see a lot of crime being committed at the border. We see cartels really controlling all of this. But that's what's going on here. And so drugs also are coming across. So this whole idea of illegal immigration has far less to do with who is coming than how it is happening and what the offshoots are. And the fentanyl is a massive offshoot. And we have about 300 fentanyl deaths a day in this country. You've heard people, maybe you haven't, compare it to a plane crash a day. If that were going on, you think we'd be kind of just accepting it? No. The drug cartels are controlling the southern border, and we aren't giving our side, the Border Patrol and Customs, we aren't giving them the tools that they need, the resources they need, or even the support that they need. And we've seen that. Now, I mentioned that there's been an uptick in media coverage. ABC's Martha Raddatz was down at the southern border to see for herself what's going on. And she had a sit-down interview with GOP Governor Greg Abbott. He's the Republican governor of Texas. And she made a statement that is really easy to say, huh? What'd you say? Listen to this very closely. Here's Martha Raddatz with Governor Abbott. You talk about the border wall, you talk about open borders. I don't think I've ever heard President Biden say, we have an open border, come on over. But people I have heard say it for you are former President Trump or Ron DeSantis. That message reverberates in Mexico and beyond. So they do get the message that it is an open border and smugglers use all those kinds of statements. Okay. First things first. She's never heard Joe Biden say we have an open border. And so the fact that the cartels are hearing that statement is the fault of Governor Abbott, former President Trump, and Ron DeSantis. It's your fault. They're getting the message. But hang on a little bit because there are some receipts that we've got. Let's just flash back to September 12th, 2019, a Democrat debate. And here is exactly what Joe Biden said. I would, in fact, make sure that there is, we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. We're a nation that says if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come. We should surge the border, he said. And then recently, when he was making a trip to a border state, Arizona, he said he had more important things to do than to go visit the border. He was going to Arizona. He's going to be right there. And people want to say, oh, it's such a, it, you know, you've got to get Secret Service. You've got to do all the preparation. Is it the best use of our resources? Well, you could say that about any trip that he makes. But we have a legitimate crisis on the southern border, and anyone who thinks it's anything less 
isn't looking at the same pictures I'm seeing. And these are not fake pictures. See, here's, here's one of the scary things. I think people are so quick to be in denial because they think things are made up because we've been conditioned lately to not believe our eyes. We've been conditioned because some speech has in fact been suppressed. Articles have been suppressed. Journalism has been suppressed. We don't know who to trust, right? We don't know which resource to look to and say, well, boy, there it is. That's uh, th those are pictures. I because people are going to say, oh, that's that's old news. That's yesterday. That didn't happen recently. That's not going on. Come on, man. Uh, exactly. Come on, man. It's happening. It's happening. So when you have a journalist like Martha Raddatz of ABC telling the governor of Texas, it's his message that's being amplified. And not what we just heard Joe Biden say, not the come on, man, but the other part about we should surge the border. It, I'll tell you what, it makes me really, really angry that this president, like I get really mad when I watch the response from the White House. In fact, White House uh, spokesperson Karine Jean-Pierre recently said, we take it very seriously. We are doing the work. This president is, has done the work. What work has he done? What work has he done? He just reversed a bunch of laws. It allowed a bunch of people to come in. He's given complete power, really, to the drug cartels. What has he done? He hasn't done anything that's been productive. All right, quick break. And when we come back, I'll tell you what happened in New York City today. And I'm sure it's coming to a town near you. And it's, again, you know, I've been called a xenophobe for saying that we should have legal immigration and that what's happening right now isn't working. I'd love for you to see my Ancestry.com profile and know who my relatives are. I am not afraid of people. I am afraid of the drugs. I am terrified that we don't have control of our own border in this country. We don't. We've lost control of it. All right, couple stories you're going to want to hear when we come back. So quick break to tell you about Legacy Precious Metals, the only company I trust when investing in gold and silver. And a reminder of that, we're in real financial strange times. And if you want a long-term play that's going to be safe, that's going to protect against inflation, protect against a weakening dollar or be a hedge, gold and silver is the way to go. And there are a lot of companies out there you could go to. Well, I trust Legacy Precious Metals because the first thing they're going to do is they're going to tell you everything straight, what you need to know, how little, how much can you start with, what's appropriate, where to put it. Do you need physical gold or should you have gold in your IRA? All of those questions can be answered and they are happy to do it for you at Legacy. And we love having them as a sponsor. We appreciate them so much. And so at this time when you're struggling, I mean, we've got more people living paycheck to paycheck in this country than any time in a long, 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 long time. Inflation, while it may seem to be easing now, 2023 looks to be a, a not so stable year financially for this country, really worldwide. But gold 
gives you a solid hedge. It gives you stuff that stocks can't give you. So get your questions answered. Remember 2008? People who invested in gold back then, when there was that huge crash, saw significant gains. And other people, yeah, they lost their retirements. So here's how to get a hold of Legacy Precious Metals, 866-528-1903. 866-528-1903. Or download their free investor's guide at LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Okay, I told you I had a couple stories for you. Just today, and we're recording this third week of December, buses carrying dozens more migrants rolled into the Big Apple on Monday morning, even as Mayor Eric Adams warned that the lifting of Title 42 this week would set off an exponentially greater surge of asylum seekers and overwhelm the city's severely overburdened systems. The city's severely overburdened systems just like any, just take your family. You've got a certain set of resources in your household and you allocate them appropriately and you prioritize. Well, we need a roof over our heads. We need food. We need heating. We need gasoline for the car. We need medical money, money to take care of our medical needs, et cetera, et cetera. And you go down the line. Well, it's the same is true for any city. They have a finite amount of tax income and they have to prioritize prioritize how to spend it. Well, New York City of all places is now saying they are severely overburdened. And that's because, like I said before, about 2.6, no, excuse me, 2.76 million illegal crossings have taken place in fiscal year 2022. Now that are not all going to New York, the most of them have come across in El Paso, where the Democrat mayor finally had to declare a state of emergency. So this is going on and people come across and we don't need to know whether they're vaccinated. We don't need to know very much at all. They do some paperwork. And we meanwhile, while they're doing all that paperwork in El Paso, there are other spots along the border that don't have necessary protections from Border Patrol. And that's where the drugs are coming through. And a lot more illegal immigrants are coming through. And the gotaways are coming through. And, and all of this leads to chaos and disarray and, and really very little good to outweigh the negative. I, I want to take care of people as, as much as anyone, but 
there has to be a system. There has to be a process. That's all. And it's just being totally overwhelmed. And I just, I'm, I'm, I'm baffled as to why the White House won't acknowledge it, won't go visit. My, my gut feeling is that they won't go visit because if they do, they acknowledge there's a problem, then they have to take responsibility for it. And they'll give that photo op, as they like to call it, to all the press that Joe Biden or Kamala Harris visited the border and therefore there's a crisis. And then they have to own up to it. It is abysmal what is going on. You need to, if you're not looking at it, you need to. You absolutely must. So the other reason it really bothers me is because we have a lot of poor neighborhoods in the United States of America. We have a lot of people who need things legitimately, American citizens who need help. They've got to feel right now like they are on the back burner, like they are lower on the totem pole than illegal immigrants who are being welcomed with open arms all over by people, well-meaning, well-intended people, but they can't get their needs met, and, and they've, they were born here. I think there's this tendency to say, well, because you were born here, you're advantaged and you're privileged and you're an American and you don't, you know, we're here to help the downtrodden. Plenty of downtrodden here in America, folks, plenty of downtrodden. And thank goodness for the charities and for all these organizations that are trying to help. But meanwhile, the government, the federal government, whose first priority is to keep its citizens safe, has been doing an abysmal job. And people from all over the world are getting across that southern border. There was a story I saw today about an Afghan uh, translator who helped us during the Afghan war, who could not get into America. I'm sure his asylum needs are as great or greater than most. So what did he do? He went through South America, made his way up to the border, crossed and was thrown in jail. Thrown in jail. Even though he is someone who helped this country, who stood by our side in Afghanistan. Our priorities seem really out of whack. I say this a lot. I wake up every day and feel like I'm being punked somehow. Like we're an upside down world. And and I'm just baffled about this. So for very many reasons, we want to help. And we are the most generous country on the planet. There's no question about that. And I appreciate everyone's best intentions. At the same time, you can't do the first level thinking without doing the second, the third, and digging deeper. Okay, what happens if we welcome everyone into this country? Don't you think a few bad apples might slip in? Yes, Michelle, but we already have many bad apples in America. Yes, we do. Why would we want to increase that number? Why would we want to accept people here who have been convicted of crimes in their own home countries? Why would we want to do that? when we can have border control, where we can sift out the good from the bad. 
And no, Nancy Pelosi, don't tell me they're all, all God's children. There are a lot of good people crossing the border. There are a lot of bad people crossing the border. We've already seen them. Some with criminal histories. And many have come here and committed crimes the same way. Well, yeah, but crime's a problem already. Why make it worse? If you want to control crime, we have an ability to do that at our borders. And yet we're not, we're not doing that job. We're not doing it well. I, I, no, we're doing it really poorly right now. So for all the good intentions, we have to remember that there are other things to consider and that the best way forward means it's best for all parties. And that includes all of us here in the United States. I mean, look, if if New York is getting busloads of migrants, they're going to be everywhere. So it's not like this is limited to El Paso and Yuma, Arizona. It's not just staying in one spot. All of these resources are going to get tapped out. And then what are we going to do and who are we going to prioritize and what's going to happen? And I would maintain that it's just going to divide us even more because the people with resources will say, hey, doc, I know you're busy in that emergency room, but if I pay you a fee, will you just be my personal doc and start a kind of a diamond level, you know, uh, practice where a bunch of us with resources can pay you just to take care of us? Can you blame a doctor for saying no to that? So then there will be more of a divide. The well-off rich will stay healthier and the inner city poor will be sitting in emergency rooms for five hours at a time. We have in America the resources to be excellent, the resources to be great at whatever we want. But it just seems to me what we've decided to become is a place where criminals get out with no bail and commit crimes again. Crime rates are up. A place with borders that allow in so much fentanyl and other drugs that kids are dying. And I had someone respond to me saying, well, just tell your kids not to take drugs. Okay. Well, what about the kid who decides to take an Adderall to, to study all night and, and you don't know as a parent, you don't know that's happening and they wake up dead the next, they don't wake up the next morning. You wake up to find them dead the next morning because that Adderall was laced with fentanyl. <laughs> yes, it feels good to help people. Yes, it is a good and noble thing to help people. But you have to go second level. What are the risks? What problems might we run into? What may come along with this that we haven't foreseen before you just open your door to your house wide open and say, hey, everyone, come on in. So you can say Michelle's a xenophobe or you can be intellectually honest and open your mind and say, well, wait a minute. I want to help people. And yeah, what are some of the complications that may come along with this? And then maybe take a look at what's going on on the border. And by the way, even before many of them get here, they're dying in rivers, they're dying in deserts. Uh, it, this is 
this is a cluster. It is a cluster. And I think you know what I mean by that. So a little stream of consciousness here, but it does not make us xenophobic or afraid of brown people. I'm, I'm picking these phrases that I've seen. People love to just call you a racist or a xenophobe or whatever phobe you, you pick, whatever it is of the day, and call you names in, rather than debating with you or rather than conversing with you or listening to your questions. I'm just so tired of that. So if I take heat for saying we need legal immigration and we need a process, so be it. Because we do. And right now we're suffering in a lot of ways because this administration has turned a blind eye to this problem, is in denial about it, is pretending it isn't happening, and says they're doing the work. <laughs> that is laughable. And I'm trying to stay restrained here and sane with my commentary, but don't let it belie my anger toward this White House of making us less safe every single day by allowing in people whose backgrounds we don't really know about, whose criminal records we don't really know about, who's allowing for all the gotaways, the people who are clearly have clearly have criminal intent for letting all these drugs into our country. Trust me, it pisses me off. And every time I hear them try to say we're doing the work or we are paying attention, I, I, I just can't, I can't take it. No, you're not. If this is your idea of doing the work, you don't deserve to be in the office. And I'll leave it at that. Thanks for listening to Sideline Sanity. Be brave and do good. Happy to talk once again with Charles Thorngren, the CEO of Legacy Precious Metals. You know, I think it still is confusing to people, uh, some people, uh, as to why a precious metals investment would be a worthwhile one, particularly at this time when they're thinking, I'm doing all I can to put gas in the car. Why is now a particularly good time? And we'll go from there to how small of an investment is worthwhile for someone. You know, a great question. And I think the, the importance of why really comes into the fact that we have to save for ourselves, whether it's a little here, a little there, whether it's making it a plan and putting out so much paycheck, whether it's making sure we fund our retirement account, we have to realize we are responsible for ourselves in the long run. <laughs> you mean that no one else is going to ride up and save us, you know, on some white steed? It ain't going to happen. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. You know, the, and anyone who's promising to do that is getting ready to take advantage of you in some form or fashion. Yeah. And so, so if, if I'm an investor, a potential investor, and I'm looking at legacy precious metals and I'm saying to myself, yeah, I, I, this sounds smart. I don't have a lot to spend. What would you tell that person? I would say, do what you can. If you never start, you never get there. So the most important step you can take is saying, I'm going to take care of myself and my family. I'm going to make it a plan. I'm going to take action. I'm going to start in the way that's comfortable for me. That's the important thing. The first step is always the hardest. But once you take that first step, the second step is easier. And then you're moving. And then once you're in motion, it's hard to stop you. 
So that first step, most important step. I always tell people they can call and talk to an IRA expert or, or check out the, the guide that they can download for free, the investor's guide. What, what is the number one question that you get from people who are first-time investors? The biggest question I get, is this right for me? That is the question. And that comes from everyone. So, so everyone's asking the same, is this right for me? And yet we're all so unique. And, and yet it, it is a sound investment for just about any portfolio, isn't it? It is. We, even though we're all unique, that uniqueness is going to tailor the way we begin the investment. Okay. But we're all in the same situation. That's the one thing I think we seem to forget in today's society. Whether you agree with somebody or not, we're in this together. America is in this transition that we're in right now. We're dealing with the same issues. Some people like them, some don't, but we're all in it together, right? So the need is the same. How we prepare and how we invest is what changes from person to person, but we all have that same need. It's a great point. And again, I encourage people to 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 just make the call, pick up the phone. That step is always the hardest. I'm not sure why that is. In any kind of effort that you make in life, whether it's weight loss or exercise or investing some way to better your life, it always seems like that first hurdle is is the challenge. Uh, but when they call, who who are they going to talk to? Who what what's going to be on the other end of the line for them? Great question. You're, you're going to speak with one of our customer representatives. And their job is not to sell you metals, right? We have a much different approach. We're going to answer all your questions. We're going to show you what options you have. And on the rare occasion, this isn't right for you. We're going to say this probably isn't right for you. Um, we have a gold company here, but you know, I, I say it all the time. What we actually deal in is customer service. We want each and every individual that calls to get the answers they need to be able to make the decision that's right for them. And we want to do that in a way that's not pushy, that's not salesy. And that's what makes my team so special. We care about each and every caller. And we're going to show you what options you have, and then you get to make an informed decision. So don't be afraid of the phone call. It's the best thing you can do. And this is why I am so honored and I feel privileged to be sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. They're the ones that I'm going to deal with, and I encourage you to pick up the phone, give them a call, even easier, go check out their their guide it's a free investor's guide at LegacyPMInvestments.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com. But as you said, Charles, pick up the phone. You're going to talk to someone who can answer your specific questions and get get the ball rolling, get, get started, do something that is a long-term play for your family's benefit. Charles, it's always great to talk to you. Thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's always great to be here. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it and i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flint with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com